whatever motivates you, right? Yeah. Like sometimes competition is a motivation. Sometimes proving someone wrong is a motivation. Sometimes getting the validation acknowledgement is a motivation. Sometimes it's financial, like whatever your why is. And I think I'm so big on people knowing their why. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lessa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, you. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast. I'm Leslie Logan, and I am so grateful that you're here right now. You could be listening to a lot of things and you're choosing to listen to this. And um, that means so much to me. Um, and also our guest today is a dear friend of mine. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for her at the time of us recording this. I think we barely knew each other six months. So, um, but I do see her as a wonderful human in my life on in Brad's life and, and part of this Vegas experience that we're having that, um, I just loving so much. And so, um, we've talked about her on the pod before, uh, but now you get to hear it from her words. You get to hear her life and how she got to where she is. And, um, I really do love her story uh, because I think we think life is, we, even though we know life isn't linear, for some reason, I think we think things are supposed to happen in a linear fashion and we get stuck in the story. And so uh, she is proof that it is not. And also why that is probably so great because what she's created is um, because of her experiences and because of what she's listened to and heard and, and, and challenged herself with. And it's just beautiful. It's freaking awesome. So anyways, um, look, I, uh, the way the podcasts get out is because of you. Um, I can keep talking to this microphone, but, um, it's because you, uh, tell your friends and because you press play on this. And I know that there's a lot you could be doing with your time. And I'm so grateful that you give us some of that and you allow me to bring these amazing guests in. And so, um, one way that you can show your love for the pod is just by screenshotting the episode that uh, spoke to you, tagging the speaker and the be it pod, um, because you never know, like we could be walking down the day going, Oh my God, no one is listening. Right. Like one of the guests could be like, no one, no one is hearing my amazingness. And then, and they get a dill DM that somebody somewhere heard something they said and it inspired them. And that is a gift I want to give to every one of my, uh, guests, because, um, I know how important it is to just uh, know that what you said some at some point in your life, like really mattered to someone. So for those of you who've done that, thank you so much for those of you who are new and, and, uh, getting ready to listen to your first episode of ours. Hi, thank you for being here. Megan Lenny is our guest and I am really excited for you to hear so much that she has to share. And so do us a favor, tag the layer lounge, tag the be it pod and, uh, and let us know, um, how you're going to use her tips and advice in your life. Um, what resonated with you? So without further ado, um, except for the little ado of the ad. <laughs> Here's Megan Lenny. As you know, you cannot fit you in around everything else. Instead, I have my students schedule their life around their Pilates. I want to give you a free 30-minute Pilates workout. Go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash beitpod. Again, onlinepilatesclasses.com slash b-e-i-t-p-o-d. And let me help you make time for you. 
At OPC, our 30-minute workouts help you do life better. All right, be it listener. Hi, I'm so excited. Okay, I'm really so excited because I have wanted to have um, this one on for a while. In fact, she doesn't know this, but she came up in conversation last night uh, because our mutual friend, Mai, who you introduced me to, said, mm-hmm. how did you meet Sean and Lisa? And I said, oh, I met Sean and Lisa because I was like, I need friends and they own a store and I make friends. But then they introduced me to you. And I was like, this is the woman I'm gonna make a friend of mine because she knows everyone. And you're gonna find out in just a second. She really does. Um, um, have intentional relationships and um, and is really big on community. Um, Megan Lenny is here of the Layer Lounge. She is. Oh, I just I'm so grateful that you're here. You are such a shining light, and you have so much love and intention um, and the things that you do. So, welcome to the Viet Pod. I'm honored. I mean, I've listened to your podcast, and there's some really exceptional people on here. So, the fact that I got an invite, I mean, I'm humbled. So, thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. So, okay. Um, you, I mean, the, what I know you from is that you are how I met you is like, you said, Oh, I have a facial salon. I was like, Oh my God, stop, please. Um, (laughs) I used to get a facial before the pandemic every month. Please (laughs) tell me where you're located. But, um, can you tell people a little bit, how did you get to owning a facial salon in Las Vegas? I mean, it's celebrating it's, it's a little over a year and a half at this point that we're talking. So maybe all close to two years when this comes out, but how did that start? Yeah, I mean, literally, we celebrated 18 months last week. So, um, well, I mean, there's a long story here, so I'll try to condense it. I have been in the wellness and beauty um, industry for 25 years and, and half my life. So it's been really my only profession and my lifelong passion. So to get to where I am today was a series and layers of evolution, obviously. But um, I think what, and I think some people listening might relate to this. My last gig, I was like, you know, I think it's time. I think this will be my last time working for someone else. I think um, I just had had a lot of passion, a lot of experience. And I thought, you know, I think it's time to go back out on my own. Now, this isn't my first time having my own business, but it had been a long time. And as a practitioner, you know, I started in massage then went on to aesthetics, then yoga, and then eventually training and leadership, and then was an exec for a number of years. So I was developing concepts and sharing them with ownership and launching their brands or rehabbing, remodeling, rebranding big organizations. And I was a COO for a firm that had eight, by the time I left, eight um, locations across the country. So everywhere from San Francisco, LA, San Diego, all the way over to New Orleans, Chicago, Philly, Mm -hmm. Boston, like, so I had been traveling, I mean, a lot. And so on my last, last gig, I was the biz development for a new Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine, urban retreat. And the short story is, it was my personal purgatory. And I thought this is the last time I'm going to do this because there's something cool about being experienced and a veteran, but also with that comes like all the teaching of the new, you know, new people coming yeah. up and some people are, are open and collaborative and some are not. Yeah. My last one was not. So um, I thought, you know what, this is, this is the last time I'll do this. It's time for me to launch my own concept and my own brand. And I've always kind of seen myself as a surrogate. Um, so like you give me your egg, you give me your sperm, I'll hold it in my <laughs> belly. I'll, I'll just state it for you. I'll give birth to it. And then here's your lovely little baby. Like you go raise it. And that's really as a, as a consultant and as an exec, like with so many openings I've done in the past, that was really been my role. 
But I thought, you know, maybe I want my own baby. <laughs> I really wish I, some days my timing was so off, but I, I feel really excited to have launched the layer lunch. So long story short, I came up with the concept while I was working on my last gig and I was like, you know what? Um, and I'll get to the concept in a minute, but I was like, you know what? I want to go somewhere where community exists for me someplace. I feel like I can make an impact. I can share my passion. I can make connections. And I had had such a good experience in downtown Las Vegas before, not the first time I came here, but the second time. And then I thought when it was time for me to bring my own thing, I was definitely bringing it to downtown Las Vegas and the arts district specifically, because it reminded me of back home in San Francisco in the nineties where everything was burgeoning and it was exciting and new things were coming up and I thought for sure I wanted to be part of that. Um, so it was a no brainer for me to bring it here. Yeah. That's so, that's how I ended up. That's such a cool, thank you for sharing that because I, uh, having, this is my first time living in Las Vegas and you know, we are really loving it, but the downtown area is what brought us here. It's like this like hip, cool, like, Oh, what is this newness? But even though everything's in old buildings and it's just really cool, but I have to, I want to go back. Cause I think, um, a lot of people listening to this have probably felt the feeling like I don't want to work for someone anymore or I because you did your own thing before. Was that what gave you the empowerment and confidence that you could do it again or what? How did you like talk yourself into it? <laughs> All right. So you can appreciate this being an entrepreneur and launching your own thing. You get it. There is a thing about women and um, the resilience physically. So we have the ability to forget pain. You know this. <laughs> yeah. No, it really is. That's why women have six kids. So they forget how difficult it was the first, second, third time. Um, I think that applies to entrepreneurs. It's not gender specific. I think entrepreneurs have that same sort of thing in their DNA. <laughs> because it, back then, back in like the early 90s when I did it, I had a small wellness practice and I launched corporate stress reduction programs. So chair massage, breath work, um, workshops. I, I brought all of that to big companies in San Francisco. Like PC Magazine was one of my clients, lots of architects, lots of software incubators, Sony incubators and stuff like that were my yeah. clients. And I loved it. And it was great. And then the dot-com bust happened. And then I had to go start working for someone else and like scrap together like a new model. And then eventually I ended up working for a spa and then got into training and went back to school for my aesthetics license. Cool. I mean, bear in mind when I went to college, I never thought I'd be doing this. So like, it's just all <laughs> been an evolution. Yeah. I'm the least likely person. If you knew my whole story, you'd be like, how in the heck did she get to do this? This is like so outside the wheelhouse. But um, I think for me, it was a combination of forgetting how yeah. hard it is because <laughs> when I owned my own business before, I literally was like, this hustle, I am constantly working. And when I went to work for someone else and then eventually grew my career, I was like, oh, wow, I get a really great paycheck and I'm working really hard, but I don't have to, I mean, I have to worry about all of it, but there's other people to help me. Yeah. And you also like, you're allowed to have yeah. your day off. Like they respect a day off. I mean, maybe you're Sometimes. not, I don't know. <laughs> positions, not, not so much, but it was at least you were getting paid regardless. If you're working, right. you're getting paid. Yeah. The entrepreneur thing is like, you're working all the time. All I the time. I didn't get paid for like a year. So yeah. in the layer lounge and that paycheck was very, very tiny. I laughed at how excited I was when I got, when I started paying myself because it was like literally a fraction of what I'd come accustomed to earning. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I learned so much, but anyway, so the thing is I did forget, um, and also I thought, you know, here's what I really thought. I really knew I could, I knew that I had earning potential and I knew it would take time because I'd already experienced that before, but because I did do it before, I knew the process a little yeah. bit and I had faith 
And then also I knew better how to make the hustle work. The first time around, I was like, oh gosh, who knows? Then going through 20 years of working, you know, across the country and traveling around the globe, I was like, all right, I have a little better understanding, still learning always, but like I had a better understanding of how this was going to go a little quicker or so I thought my timing was a little off. uh, Well, we're going to get into that in a second. But here's what I love that you just said, um, because I think we all want the first thing to happen. We want it like, and oh, want success on the first go. But if you do, you don't know what actually worked. You don't need lightning in a bottle, like just luck, random thing. But having had the first time not be, you know, the most brilliant, amazing experience kind of let you know, what did you like? What didn't you like? And like, you know, a little bit more of what you guys, you need to, to make it go. So, okay. Um, you opened the Lair Lounge, as you mentioned, 18 months ago. So for everyone who is listening to this when it actually airs, <laughs> the date of that. <laughs> date in history. Children, sit up, pull up a chair, gather around. Let me tell you. Yeah. Ugh. I know. When, when, when I went my first facial with you, I said, oh, you know, when did you decide to open? And you said, oh, I signed the lease on February 2020. And my response was, oh, oh. <laughs> Like, it's everybody. It's like a conversation stopper. I signed my lease on February 20th, 2020. And three weeks later on March 15th, the world completely yeah. stopped. Yeah. And then, um, you, you know, even though you're still building out your salon, uh, when you actually got to open your doors, uh, it was during a time and still is sort of interesting a time where they're told, we're told not to touch our faces. Don't let anyone breathe on you. Uh, <laughs> And you're doing facials. Here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. The mantra was wear a mask, don't touch your face, and stay away from people. I'm like, hi, come close, take your mask off. I'm gonna be 18 inches away from you, though I'm masked and you know what I mean, yeah. and then later vaccinated, but like though I'm masked. I mean, it was like 107 degrees the day I opened. It was crickets in downtown, no foot traffic whatsoever. Everyone was still fairly quarantined, to be yeah. honest. And like here's a new business. They don't know me from Adam. Right. Yeah. So like they have it, that trust isn't there yet. And here I am saying, hi, facial boutique, come in. You know, uh, there are a few random things that worked in our favor, but, but very few, to be honest, it was real. It was, a, it was a, a nerve wracking time to say the least. Yeah. I think, um, what I've told a lot of business owners I worked with, I'm like, if you were a new business during this time, one thing you learned was like things you'll learn in 15 years of trials. <laughs> in a business. Like you've got the yeah. condensed version. Here is your cliff notes and go. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I'm so grateful, but one thing that I find that you do so uniquely different than most businesses, even small businesses that I've seen all over the world is you have such a value based on community. And, um, has that always been something that you did in every business that you worked at, or was that something that you brought with you and decided to do when you moved to Vegas? You know, first of all, thank you for saying that and and acknowledging that. That's that's just inherently who I am. So I take great, um, I don't know, I'm very flattered and, and great pride actually in that fact and that it's recognized. Um, I think for me, it's always been there. And probably because I'm in a family of eight kids, like we're a mixed blend. I think for me truly, and anyone who actually like, and you, you know this because we've spent time socially, like for me, the mantra, the more the merrier is like, really, it might as well be tattooed. On my, <laughs> it's just how I roll. Like the more, oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, you know, I may not even know you well, or even eventually end up liking you. Like, but I want you to come and hang and like connect with people because like, I think 
you know, for me, I learned so much about other people and I learned so much about myself. So it's so important for me in terms of business. Um, I have always been, even when I worked in resort spas as a spa director, and we're talking about, you know, thousands of people in the building and spa is spa and fitness and beauty are typically the amenity of the property. So we're not really always see, even though like I've run 5 million annual, you know, businesses with 150 employees underneath me in my location, I mean, all well-educated, well-experienced, all of those things, we're still seen sort of as like a, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, it's cute. And well, I mean, you, to your point, when I worked for this one high-end fitness company, yeah. the spa was like, at one place was another set of stairs up. Like, you're not even going to stumble on this place. It's on the fourth floor. So like the group fitness is on the third floor. You'd have to like, keep going, <laughs> you know, so. Going on up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, for us, I mean, I mean, fortunately, I think I've gotten, to, uh, yes, we have, I worked at some incredibly, very beautiful spas, but you have to work with other departments and that's where I'm going about community. So even in those environments that you don't think of like as community oriented, you think of them very departmental. I've always forged relationships with everyone, whether it was like the bell desk or the concierge, which is obvious, right? Because they they're first facing with guests, but catering and banquets and like engineers, I'm really just always, always saw everybody as like, part of, you know, my team, um, whether they're above, below or beside me. So um, in terms of hierarchy, but I, I always think that someone has something to offer, you know, whether it's like an energy or like love your engineers. If you work at a resort, you better be friends with those engineers and <laughs> housekeeping too, because things will go wrong and you're going to need their help and you need to take care of them. They'll take care of you. I really do just see it as this giant team. And I yeah. think it's because I grew up with just a lot of people. Like we used to have to arm wrestle for food at the table sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, not to get into food scarcity and how I came to be who I am, but I, I mean, I'm used to that. So for me, I feel like a collaborative mindset is just kind of how I have always been. And I don't see it any different within my neighbors or teams at big resorts. Like I kind of always see it the same. If I'm, we're all stronger and better together. So if someone knows I can't do everything. So if some, I know someone who can do something for someone, I want to be able to have a personal relationship with them. So my new friend that I'm, I'm introducing them to, I feel really confident. I'm not just throwing names out. I'm actually tied and connected to that referral and referrals are everything in our industry. And you know that. So there and 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 so many businesses, like even if you're an online business, which I am now mostly, uh, most of the clients come through, not randomly, like maybe I get the random Instagram person, but truly it's because someone said, go follow this person, go see their stuff. It's a referral, even if it comes that way. Um, so when you moved back to Vegas for the third time and you were bringing, being part of like bringing community and events together, I think a lot of people listening might be like, I've always wanted to do that. But like, how do like, what if people say no, like what, how, what if you don't know anyone, how do you create community? So like, did people say no, uh, where was it hard when you first moved here or because you'd worked here before you had some people to draw on? Like, what are some tips for people who are like, I really want to do that, but I don't know how. I mean, I think when I first came here, I didn't know anyone. When I first came to Las Vegas to work at a resort for a big rebrand and remodel, it was a massive project. I didn't know anyone. And that was actually the draw for me personally. I was going through some stuff. So I um, didn't know anyone. And by the time I left, I'd made some friends. So the second time I came around, I'd had like just a couple, not anyone significant, really just, well, a couple really important friends, but not many. And then I kind of built from there. And then the third time I came back, I'd had a, a hub of friends and I always knew I wanted to do something around community. I've always done stuff around community. So I'm the person who throws a party, whether it's a salsa dancing party or a roller skating, biking party, or like whatever, like I'm the person who's always throwing those parties because 
I wanted to create something um, like a soiree of like-minded people and a sense of community. And that was always important to me. And so a lot of times I would invite random people. I might be at a bar and some woman's hitting on me and I'm like, yeah, you're not for me, but let's come to my party because I'm sure someone there will be for you. You know, it's not for me, but like, there's going to be someone. So I think I never really, people say, no, that's totally fine. In terms of business, I mean, personally, people don't say no as often (laughs) because it's fun and like, there's no real risk. Yeah. But business wise, yeah. I mean, no, no comes with the territory, right? I mean, yeah. people say, no, it's not for me. No, I want this. You offer that. Like, yeah, there's a lot, especially coming from my industry and then opening like a real, a real industry disruptor kind of a business. Yes, I'm in my industry, but it's very different. And so a lot of people who knew me before were like, this is so different. Some of them were like, this is really great. And some of the, like, no, thank you. So, I mean, it's definitely been a journey. I think saying no is part of the process. It, knowing that you're not going to be for everyone and not getting tripped up on that. That's so important. Like knowing you'll find your people have faith and confidence in what you do and what you bring and find the people. But like, if you want to find a hundred friends, you're going to have to meet 500. Like right. if you want, you know, a thousand, we always say 60, 40 thing, right? So 64, 60% of our clients are new clients. 40% of our clients are returning clients because we know that people will evolve their lives, their schedules, their financial, you know, situation, um, their preferences, things will change. So you constantly have to be like bringing new people into your world. Yeah. And so for me, that's just part of like, I've just always known that. So hearing no now and again, and I have, I've had people like, Hey, do you want to collaborate? And they're like, no, you're like, uh, Hey, do you want to like, let's have lunch. My neighbors, they're like, yeah, too busy. I have friends. I got enough friends. I'm like, okay. You know, so it happens, but I don't think that you can uh, you have to be realistic when you set out to do anything, whether it's build community or build a business or, you know, go on a diet or go yeah. into a fitness program. You just have to be realistic. Yeah. I think that's so true. I love what you said though, that it's like you, um, if you want a hundred friends, you have to meet 500. If you want, like, I think, um, we get stuck on the, the first no, or the first thing. And it's like, it's just part of the, it's in anything, whether it's business or life or relationships, like your first boyfriend or girlfriend is not going to be the oh, right. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but I even think my grandparents who got together at 16, that wasn't their first. <laughs> let's, let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, you mentioned uh, creating an, an an industry disruptor, which I love. When I saw that in your space, I was like, "Well, this is I'm going to love this place already." Um, I really do believe. Like, I think a lot of people are getting hung up on their business being or their idea being already done, or it's you know it's all out there. And really, there it's all it's all out there. Like, there's not a lot of new things happening unless you create like a yeah. new technology, right? Right. And even then it looks like something else. So it's pretty similar, yeah. but I believe in like really showing off and being proud of your uniqueness and what your uniqueness is, is definitely a disruptor. Um, can you tell people or uh, like what, what made you want to do it the way you did it? Cause you've had experience in all the fancy spas and you're like, no, I'm going to do it differently. Yeah. Well, something about me is I'm kind of an all or nothing person. <laughs> I think that's a, li- a lot of entrepreneurs are like that. Solopreneurs, particularly, because we're like, oh, I think, you know, I will answer your question, but can I backtrack just a moment? Yeah. Because I think, I think entrepreneurs have also, in addition to forgetting the pain, I think we also have this superpower of we're, we're spurned by a a few things. One is passion always. Right. But then also a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. If someone says we can't do it, it's almost like, "Hmm, uh uh-huh, watch me. Like there's a little bit of that. 
Um, and sometimes, you know, you just, we're, we're spurned on by like money, right. You know, financial security. I think that's a lot of it too, eventually, but I don't know a lot of entrepreneurs that are basically like, I'm going to get rich quick, you know, and they launch out and they put their whole house up to mortgage their house and all their source resources and their savings and their friends, 10 grand from their friends here and there. Like, I don't know anyone who really goes into it like that. Yeah. And that are successful, to be honest, long-term. Yeah. I think most of us have a passion and we also have a little bit of like, watch me, you know? And I think for me, after 24 years, 23 years in the industry of doing it um, the the t- standard way, and I always had a little bit of like embellishment, but nothing too off the charts because it's it's a model. Um, chandelier, you know, <laughs> are a prerequisite and beautiful lighting fixtures and polished floors and all of those are part of my world. But I had been hearing for all those years, both as a practitioner and as a leader, um, complaints from clients. And so I finally just always said, tuck note. You don't really, when you hear it so much, you don't really have to make note of it. It just is ingrained in you. So I had heard three common complaints from our clients over the years, over the decades. And I thought when I sat down, I said, okay, we want to do something different. I originally wanted to create a a social club, a wellness social club. That was originally what I wanted to do. Now Mm. that's been done. um, And I was like, okay, we could do it a little bit differently with fitness and nutrition. And people are doing that, but it's a little bit more geared towards the elite. Yeah. Especially being from San Francisco, there's so many social clubs um, and they have a wellness component, but it's really about networking and like the billionaires connecting all the time. I knew I did. That's no harm to that, but that's just not my jam. So I was like, okay, I don't want that. I wanted to do something more, you know, working professionals who have like an interest and I wanted to find my fellow seekers. Mm -hmm. So I thought I need to set out for a business and develop it that I could find fellow seekers, people who are interested, who are into self-discovery that are going to be excited by the things I want to bring. Yeah. So then I kind of went back to the drawing board and I thought, you know what, I want to take all these notes that I've had over the years and stay in my industry because I love my industry. Um, and I thought, you know what, I want to do what dry bar did for the face, but for, I mean, for the hair, but for the face, Yeah. I want to create democratized self-care. I want to create a gender neutral space. I want to create abbreviated, affordable results oriented skincare and start there and see where we can go. Because the three most common complaints in my industry are one, Three hours yeah. and three hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of money and lots of time. Because if you're going to spend three hundred dollars after tip and maybe a cleanser um, at your local spa for a facial or massage, you want to take advantage of the amenities, which means you're not bouncing in for that seventy-five or ninety minutes. You're actually there for hours. Yeah. So that's kind of lifestyle prohibitive for most people who are busy and can afford it. It's just not something that they can spend time on. Yeah. So So you can't afford it or you don't have time. Yeah. And then, and so then you, you're like, oh, you go every six months and then you're like, I wish I could do this more, but then like, it just, it's not possible because time. It's a circle thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's either time or money. And then the other one is, um, going into a dark room with a stranger getting naked. Fancy that. Can you imagine that's actually a thing? Like people get really like, you know, like nervous about that. And I don't want to gender it, but typically more male clients get more nervous about that than females. But we have a lot of trauma and like even that can be triggering for people. So across the board, that's just an issue. And then lastly, just the novice factor. Like, I don't know what to expect. I get to this fancy spa that someone gifted me for Mother's Day. I get there and all of a sudden I'm having imposter syndrome or have all these hangups about it. And like that doesn't really lend to like an openness to be able to enjoy the experience. So I thought, okay, those three things, let's see if we can tackle them. So 
open and open, you know, open concept floor plan salon environment where you don't have to get naked in a dark room with this. I mean, you all were strangers at first, yeah. You know, <laughs> but you don't have to get naked and it's not solo. And then let's create an abbreviated service. So you can get in, get out and make it affordable. So we can be part of your regular lifestyle and your self-care and be more of a partner, more of a coach than be this elite chandelier. You know, I mean, I like my space, but it's not that vibe. And I come from that vibe. I wanted to create something that was approachable and that all my brothers could come and hang out and they'd be into it. Yeah. So for me, and then still me, who's like, you know, where I'm wearing a hot pink shirt, but I'm like as, as high femme as you can get most days. So like, I wanted everyone to feel comfortable here, but I wanted to deliver results above all else. I wanted to make sure we delivered results. So I thought, okay, this is a big pile. Yeah. <laughs> so let me try to figure this out. And so I thought, well, if dry bar can do that for hair, I can figure out a way to do that for face. So I knew I had to come to a burgeoning, growing, developing community and I knew what I wanted to do. And then I just went to like on my tablet, was just went to town, started coming up with ideas, starting putting together all the best practices, the things I knew worked, the things that, um, and figuring out timing convention, you know, components and pricing and just trying to figure out a way I could deliver this to the market and see if they were into it. Yeah. Um, I, there's a couple of things I definitely want to get into there about self-care. Cause, um, I think people see facials and spas rewards. And what I love about your, it, yeah. your space is that it is part of a self-care routine that I can regularly yeah. have. Um, but, uh, I did laugh a little when you said about like the chip on your shoulder, like if I can't do it, I'm going to do it anyways. Cause I have to share this story. You might not know this about me, but when we created, um, onlineplyesclasses.com, it was Brad pushing me to do it. He's like, you're traveling too much. You teach five classes a week. These people need a place yeah. to go. And I said, well, there's all these other platforms they can go, go to. I mean, I'm on them. Like they could just go there. Right. And he's like, but they're not, they haven't yet. So like we need to fit. I'm like, right. So then why? <laughs> Why would they come to mind? Like, so I'm like, right. it's stuck in my head on this. And I ask people like, Hey, Hey, how do you like those platforms? Like, uh, are you using it? Oh, I don't use it. Why don't you use it? So I was like getting all the comp customer complaints and I was hearing the same ones over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting because one of the things I'm big on, I think why we get along well is that I love that people came to my class as part of a community. And then if someone hadn't mm -hmm. been there, they'd be like, Hey, where have you been? Like, yeah. you know, and they go, are you going to, am I going to see you on Wednesday morning? Like they just knew each other. Right. And there was a shared experience that they had. And I was like, how do I do that with an online class? Because that yeah. I don't want it to be this thing that everyone's taking class one seventeen twenty two, right? Like, and saying that I like that one. I just wanted it to be similar to being in person. And the yeah, other thing I is know. I talked to my friend who had a platform and I let her know what I was doing. Cause I just wanted her. I said, I want you to hear it through the grapevine. I just want you to know what I'm doing. I have no intention of like hurting you in any way. Like, but I, I think it's important to be honest. And she said, she, I told her what I was doing and she goes, so you're going to take the class away from them. And I said, yeah, she's like, but they paid for that. And I said, well, they paid for that week of the class. And she goes, Oh, I just, I just don't think you can take that away from people. And I was like, I'm doing it. <laughs> I, I just, I was like, well, I'm going to do it. And I have been doing it. We are celebrating uh, f three and a half years now. Uh, so we'll go on to our fourth, but like I, and it is what makes people stay with us because of the accountability and everyone's taking the same class. So I do, I think that it's maybe that's the one time a chip on your shoulder is a very good thing. <laughs> I mean, I can think of a couple times, but I mean, generally speaking, we think of it as a negative thing, but I think whatever motivates you, right? Yeah. Like 
sometimes competition is a motivation. Sometimes proving someone wrong is a motivation. Sometimes getting the validation acknowledgement is a motivation. Sometimes it's financial, like whatever your why is. And I think I'm so big on people knowing their why. And so when I have interesting conversations um, with, um, I think that knowing your why is super duper important because I think you're going to get lost in the shuffle, you know, that like your friend's going to be like, oh, you can't do this. And you're like, okay, well, watch me. And then, but if you, it came back to your why of like, why were you doing it? Because it really fit them. I mean, you had a following and you weren't able to really serve them hundred percent as Brad pointed out. So trying to figure out ways that you could do that and also do something differently and see, and really stretch. Like I love working out because I like to just see how far my body can go. And that for me really is the, the physical thing is awesome, you know, develop a muscle or lose a pound or whatever, but that's not why I do it. I do everything really to just see if I can do it. And I think that's, you know, there, I have a few whys, but that's one of them. And I feel like the chip on your shoulder is really just a a salty why, you know, salty why. (laughs) I like that. I like that. It's fair. Yeah, it's totally fair. Um, okay. So self-care, um, it is obviously like very much the business that you're in. Um, as part of like anyone trying to be it till they see it, having confidence in themselves, doing things like, where do you think self-care falls into that? I have a thing. Self-care is the cure because I truly believe it. Like I absolutely believe it. Um, and, and there's so much being you know, spoken about it and messaging of it that I don't really, it's already been done way better than I can do it. But at the end of the day, if you're not feeling great. If you're not feeling good about yourself, you're not energized, you're not going to do anything great for anyone else. And that's, I mean, look, we all get stretched thin and sometimes you just have to, sometimes we phone it in that's human. But I think generally speaking, uh, I think if you don't care, take care of yourself and you don't make yourself a priority, nothing great, truly great and sustainable is going to come out of that. Oh, it's it's just the laws. Oh, that is, that is like the most quotable moment. That is beautiful. Thank you. I love that. I love that so much. I have nothing to add that. It's so great. Okay. Um, uh, Megan, uh, obviously you and I can talk all for many hours of every day. I just really enjoy our time together. Um, we're going to take a brief pause and then we're going to find out how we can find out more from you. Um, so one quick moment. Be it till you see it is brought to you by profitablepilates.com. Profitablepilates.com. Yeah. Cause you know, you should actually make money doing what you love. Yeah. So it's a fitness business coaching platform. Uh, that Leslie and I started, Profitable Pilates. And in January, we are doing a seven-day miniature version of our agency coaching program. So the fitness business coaching that you've been following uh, on Instagram at Profitable Pilates, we're doing a tiny seven-day program of it so that you can get a taste of what it is that we're doing. You can meet Leslie if you haven't already. You can meet me, which you probably haven't. Uh, and we're going to answer every single question that you may have. We're going to run through how much money you want to make and how you can actually make that money. You know, what to charge your clients, all those kinds of things. It's going to be a whirlwind. So, it is a whirlwind. And also we freaking love it. It'll be our sixth opportunity to do yeah. this program. It is our fourth year of the agency program. Oh my God. We turned four in January and we want to see you in the agency mini. So get on the wait list. Go to profitablepilates.com slash mini. See you there. Okay. So where can people find you? Um, do, would you hang out on social media? Um, and if they are in Vegas, where can they come have a facial with you? 
Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, we are really active on Instagram. At the moment, that's really our main platform. Um, you can DM us on there if you have specific questions, our link to book, our services are on there, any wellness events that we host, which are frequent, um, are posted on there. It's really like the one-stop shopping, figuring out who we are. You can also check out our website because we have a shop um, there as well and more details at thelayerlounge.com. And then we are in, as we mentioned earlier, the Arts District of Downtown Las Vegas. And we are at 1104 South 3rd Street at the corner of Charleston. Yeah. Um, that's where you can find us. Oh my gosh. So you all are going to go follow the Layer Lounge and then check out their amazing swing, which inspired my swing set. So... <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I go out on my swing set um, most mornings, even though it's cold with my slippers on and my coffee. And I'm like, okay, because it, we, it's now the bitter cold part of Vegas. And it's like, all right, the sun's not out in the backyard yet. I'll come back. <laughs> this looks cool, but it's not. Yeah, it's, um, cold. it's cold. It's cold. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. So. We ask everybody bold, executable, intrinsic, or targeted steps people can take to be it till they see it. What do you have for us? Stay curious. I think that's my number one in personal relationships and in business. Stay curious. You don't have to be the expert. You can be an expert, but don't have to be expert on everything. Be curious. Mm. I think that's, tr I think that's such a good one. I mean, if you're curious on lots of things, you'll never get stuck. You'll, you know, it, it takes, I mean, my curiosity has brought me to a lot of places. <laughs> including them are weird. Like I went up in weird places. I'm like, Oh, that's weird. Let me go. Or let's I'm curious about that. Let me go check it out. And I'm like, wow, wow. This, wow. I ended up here staying curious, but I'm always like delighted and enlightened. Oh, that's a great one. Thank you for that amazing tip. And I think, um, it's, it's one that, uh, maybe, you know, people discount cause there's that whole curiosity, kill the cat sort of thing that goes out there. And satisfaction brought it back. <laughs> A chip on the chip on the shoulder moment, right? It's like, yeah, that's the saying the nursery rhyme. Uh, curiosity killed the cat. Uh, excuse me, curiosity killed the cat. Satisfaction brought it back. Nine lives. Oh, that is amazing. Okay, um, thank you. I learned so much today. I learned so much all the time. You are wonderful. <laughs> Um, thank you for being likewise, just for being such a light in this community, but also, um, uh, uh, you may have not heard every episode that Brad and I talked about you, but like thank people you. have asked us how, like we make friends and everything. And we're like really intentional. And we, we like went out and we made friends and we were like, we're to make the friends with the people who are everyone's friends with, because <laughs> that's how you're going to meet people. And it's a um, simple vetting process too. If you're like, they can't be that big of a jerk. If like that person seems cool and they like them, you know what I mean? Like it, it's sort of like a, you know, yeah. a little less risk. Yeah. So, um, anyways, we are uh, internally grateful and, um, I can't wait to see what the next year has in store for all of us, everyone until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the be it till you see it podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day.
Be It Till You See It is a production of As the Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week that you can. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time.